good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. I guess by now you're figuring out that um, Howie ain't going to come cruising up here and knock me out of the way. So, um, as I said before, him and Miss Becky are out of town. And uh, it is a very well-deserved break that those two are taking right now. And if you'll bear with me for the next little bit, um, I feel strong about what I'm going to be bringing you today and some of the crazy things that are going on in our world today. And I have to, you know... When God speaks to you, when God tells you to do things, and then he starts giving you all these little reminders, and he gives you all these little things, all this confirmation. And my sermon today is going to be touching on some stuff that a lot of folks don't like talking about. But it's talking to me, and and for some reason, Howie asked me to speak again, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this must be what he wants me to say, and Miss Donna puts these together every week, and I know she's not here, but she does such an awesome job with these. And I love this saying on the front of your bulletin. It says, don't worry about other people's opinions of you. God never told you to impress people, only to love them. And y'all, today, um, that's exactly where my message comes from. It comes from the love that I have for not only you, but for the love of my city, for the love of my state and my country, and for the love that I have for the Lord. You know, it's, it's, uh, he constantly, constantly, you know, brings me and, and reminds me of the things that I should be doing, that I, that I need to do better, and, and all the stuff that we just don't speak up about. But before I get into this, Papa Cantrell sent me another poem this time. And him and I have grown closer over the years um, since my father passed away. I've kind of adopted him as, as my, my father. And he sent me another poem this week, and he told me not to worry, and he told me just to stay strong. And he told me a few other things, too, that I ain't going to share with you, but he sent me this poem to inspire me. Love is more than words because God is love. So how do we explain God in mere human words? We, we can't. Love can be felt. Love can be seen and yet invisible. Love is stronger than any force of humankind. Love is a gift of God himself to all who believe in his son, Jesus Christ. And this part right here gets me. Love began with God It is God, and love will always be God, yet it's inexplicable. Thank you. I just, uh, I wanted to read that to you guys, and it moved me, and I hope it does for you guys as well. So, as I get into my sermon today, um, typically speaking, when Howie asked me to do stuff like this, 
Um, me being who I am in the busy life that I lead, and um, sometimes I probably spend way more time at work than I do, you know, than I should, that I should be at home a little bit more, but there's a lot of things I should do different, but I always try to go for, you know, I always try to stay in my wheelhouse. I always try to stay somewhere where I can get up here and I can talk to you guys and I want to be able to speak with authority. I don't want to be up here. I don't want to be up here like I remember the first time I ever spoke in front of the church and I'm telling you right now, have you ever heard the, the, the term nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs? Well, that was me that first time. And I'm a little bit nervous today because I'm stepping out. Because the only way I'm going to grow is for me to be able to stretch and for me able to, be, to get uncomfortable. For me to be able to get somewhere where God's trying to take me. And today, my sermon is going to be, we're going to talk about some things and it's going to make some of you a little uncomfortable. And for some of you, it might, it might even make you angry at me. Um, and I'm, I'm not looking to try to divert. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, just being, I'm just trying to say what's on my mind today and what the good Lord has spoke to me. And it's not my words that need back in here because I'm reading the Scripture. So the title of my sermon today is, is True Justice, and it... And it, it the name don't really give the sermon, you know, it don't fit it perfect, but it will, you'll get it at the end. We're going to be covering today actions that are perceived in this country right now, in this world that we choose to live in, that we choose to be citizens of, that we choose who leads, we choose who makes these laws, who represents these laws, and who enforces these laws. It's going to be... These folks today have taken and they've twisted God's Word. And what's up is down, and what's, what's black is white, and what's, what's right is wrong, and what's wrong is right. And every generation... Going back to Noah, every generation that I can find has always fought the battle between good and evil and right and wrong. But today, the world that we live in today, the lines are more blurred than they've ever been. And we've got to know and understand what God's saying in and, and His Word. We've got to understand the Scripture so we'll know. God told each and every one of us, He gave us he gave us a way to figure this out. And I'll get caught up. You're going to know a fruit by its tree. Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from the, I'm, I'm going to have to turn around, y'all. My eyes are that bad. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. 
A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and it's thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you'll know them. Today, folks, we've got folks eating from trees that (laughs) you don't even know what the fruit is. Apples don't grow on orange trees. Figs don't grow on oak trees. Christ is very plain when he is explaining this to us here, and it makes it easy to understand. So why is this so hard for everybody in this world to understand this right now? Why do you have people out there right now that would condemn the very reading of that scripture right there and calling it what it is? You have that right now. We can't depend on our worldly wisdom to help us make these judgments. We have to depend on heavenly wisdom. In James 3, 13 through 18, Who is wise in understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter and envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. There are so many things. That, that scripture is so full of stuff for us right now. And, and you can see things like that being eroded right now. You, you, you've got folks now that, that just... Well, let's just... You know, it, it's, it, they don't want you to believe that. They want you to believe that's just a, you know, that's just a suggestion. Our Heavenly Father is our moral plumb bob and... I had to explain this to Terry, and for those of you in here that don't know what a plumb bob is, a plumb bob is a piece, it's a, it's a, it's a measuring, it's something that, that's used when you're building something, it's used when you're in reference to things. If I measure off that wall and come out here a certain distance and make my mark, I can hang my plumb bob right there and on the floor mark the very same spot. So the line between those two is a straight Plum line. And our Heavenly Father is our moral plumb bob. This word right here, in this Bible right here, is how we should all be living our lives. It's, these are not suggestions. These are all things that we should be following every day. Micah 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, 
and to walk humbly with your God. This generation, our culture, and even many Christians in our culture are slowly becoming numb to the evils that twist and confuse our moral compass. We're tolerating more and more of what God has said that His Word, in His Word, that we should hate and despise. And not only are we failing, we're failing to guard our hearts from the moral filth and the pollution. We're entertained by it. We open our homes to it with our televisions, with these phones. And they should all be, some of this stuff that we're letting into our homes should be regarded as wicked and shameful. And I'm, I'm not trying to go back to the Puritans. I'm not trying to do anything. But I wouldn't want none of you looking at, it's, at some of the, the stuff that I look at. I mean, it is absolutely horrible what we allow now as, and look at, I mean, look at how the movies glorify certain things. You have people that go buy tickets in Hollywood you know, for these movies that they create. And they're, it's just filth. Every other word out of their mouth. Y'all, I can put up with a lot. I work on a construction site. I hear language, and I always, it's always explained. It's, you know, it's, it's locker room language. Well, you know, 30 years ago when there wasn't nothing but men on a job site, that was all fine. But nowadays, there's almost as many women on my job site as there are men. So it's not locker room language anymore. And you've got men that'll just bust up and they'll just bust out. They'll, they'll act like they're sailors on leave. And I look at some of them and I'm, do you, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Don't get me wrong. Trust me, I can let, the, I can let her rip too. I, I mean, I'm not sitting here and saying I'm, I'm not above any of this. I'm not above any of this. I'm just telling you who I am because I am flesh and blood. How can we expect to hate evil if we routinely welcome it into our homes through television, our computers, and our phones? How can we impact our communities for Christ if we don't take time to really care about them? How can we hope to play a role in influencing any kind of change in our culture if we don't take the time to notice and reach out to those who are suffering under the worst circumstances? I mean, we do a lot. We do a lot in this town. We do a lot. We help a lot of people. But even so, there's so much more. You know, when Terry and I go to activities in town, I was, I was floored the other night, and call me naive, call me silly, whatever you want, but, you know, we went, we went to town the other night, and we watched, uh, we went up and came to the, the, to the Gallatin, uh, the city cemetery tour. They've, they've been doing it for quite a while, and it, it's, no, it's not me and Terry walking through a graveyard at night, it is, but it, it, <laughs> it, it's, they, they pick probably 10 folks in these cemeteries, and they tell stories about when they were alive. And there are some amazing folks buried right over here in our city, in this cemetery in Galton. But the entire night, I was up here walking in our little hometown. Terry and I have lived here for 35 years. My kids grew up here. Y'all grew up here. 
Every five minutes there was a siren. Every five minutes there was wailing. There was, you could, it, there's so much going on. The prophet Jeremiah warns us to start treating each other with true justice. Jeremiah 7, verses 5 through 7, and I, I hope she's got them all up here. I, and I, thank you. I, I'm going to open my Bible because I think it only goes through. I want, I want to read the... I'm, no, you know what? It's, it's... For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor... I do have it. I've got it right here. Pardon me. I know this is off script here a little bit, but this is the whole thing. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave your fathers forever and ever. True justice always aligns with God's character. And I think that's why we as human beings are always fired, we're always wired to fight for what's right. I know... Um, how many of you would be driving down the road and see somebody, you know, struggling with something that wouldn't offer them a hand? You know, you know, it's I'm talking about like a flat tire or, or you know, if you see somebody that's getting abused, you go in and you step in. Miss Brandy, the type of job that you have, things like that, we're wired to do that. We're, we're wired because he made us in his image. Everything that we have in us, I feel like is a gift from him. And, and he's why he, he wants to do right. When we see injustices or when we see things that we know are wrong, we have to exercise our faith and our love for God in a way that actively and consistently honors and glorifies him in our daily battle with good and evil. Have any of you noticed that anytime we get serious about you know, when you get serious about God, when you get serious about your love for God, it's always going to lead you out of your comfort zone. And that's where I'm at today. You know, um, I know I'm not Howie. I don't... Howie can put together a message, and it just... Even I can understand it. And I, I hope y'all are following with me today. But... He leads us, it gets us out of our comfort zone and in a place where we've got to get our hands dirty. We've got to get out and confront evil, and we've got to bring justice all while extending mercy. This is exactly why Jesus died on the cross. And they're all worth taking a personal stand for. And this is the part in my sermon here, y'all, where it's going to get a little uncomfortable. But we have to have this biblical discussion. We need to talk about things like abortion, racism, gay, lesbian, transgender people. 
have an abortion. It's not a choice. But abstinence is. Birth control is. There are so many other choices that folks could make before an abortion has to be viable. Thinking that my skin color is any more important or better than any other man's skin color is a sin. Recently out at Facebook, we had this diversity, inclusion, equity training. And the young man that was teaching a class, it's all about acceptance. It's all about, it's all about being decent to people. And he looked at me and he says, how old are you, fella? He's a young man that asked me that. And I said, I'm 57 years old. He said, you're my target audience. I'm an old white man. People think I'm racist just when I walk in the room, and I don't know why. If you could go back and look at it, that's what you call judging a book by just what the cover is when it comes in. Because if I promise you this, anybody that knows me and my family, we're the farthest thing from racist that you'd ever want. I mean... There are people, there are races that run from our family that don't want to be no part of that. It's a sin. It's wrong. For too long, people in this country, and it's not just this country, it's all over the world. Racism, it affects everybody. We can sit here and, and, and what this media and what this country has turned it into today is a joke. Because people like Martin Luther King fought hard against what was racism. I'm not saying this country's perfect by any means. But I remember what, what it was like when I was a kid growing up, and I know what it's like now. And I don't remember Martin Luther King and his bunch going out there burning a bunch of bridges and a bunch of buildings and things like that to get their point across. He chose to preach the Sermon on the Mount. Peace. Change people by changing their hearts. God made every one of us in his own image. Every man in this room and every woman in this room was made. We were made on the day that God created Adam and Eve. And what did he call us? He called us mankind. He made one male. He made one female. And trust me, we are two very distinctive beings. Adam didn't make a choice to be a female, nor Eve make a choice to be a male. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six, th these six things the Lord hates. Next sentence. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. 
Those are things that he hates. Romans 1, verse 32. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Now, I didn't do a good job while I was reading this, but Proverbs went along with what I several of the scripture that spoke against abortion. And Romans 1.32 speaks against homosexuality. And Genesis 5 and 2, He created them male and female, and He blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. I told you all at the beginning, this was going to get uncomfortable. And I'm not out here by any means, am I out here right now condemning a sinner. I'm condemning the sin. To me, the way I understand these scripture, it's very black and white. There ain't no in-between. The lines aren't blurred. Throughout our history, we see men and women that have stood and fought for righteousness and for truth and for justice. And I'm waiting for some in this generation. But let's go back and let's... I'm not going to take... I don't have time to read you these scriptures. But the prophet Nathan, he stood up to King David. And he called the king out for what he was. He called out his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. He called it out. Do you think that was comfortable? 2 Samuel 12, verse 7 through 9... John the Baptist lost his head publicly for he condemned King Herod. King Herod had committed adultery and he married his own brother's wife. And that's in Mark 6, 17 through 18. And then in God's temple, when the temple was basically turned into a flea market, Jesus rolled up in there and he took action. And I think I've got John in here. I want to read John. I've got it on my phone. I want to. Jesus took action in John 2, 14 through 17. And y'all bear with me. It's, it's, uh, I'm leaving a lot of meat on the bone here. I promise you. John 2, 14 through 17. And he found in his temple those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, and money changers, and they were doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove every one of them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the changers' money, and he overturned tables. And he said to those who sold the doves, he said, take these things away and do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. 
And I had to go figure out what that meant. I had to go and search what that meant for zeal. When he said that, think about this for right now and put yourself in today's society. How many of us see everything that's going on with this thing and yet we're all uncomfortable to say something about it? But then when somebody busts up in there and they do something, you're like, yeah, that's what he means. It, why did it take Christ to walk up in there and do that? Why weren't the other people in there that had seen that, that it did, they disagreed with it, but they stood there and they sat on their hands? And that's what we're doing right now. And I'm going to say this by myself. That's an amen all by myself right now because I'm just as guilty of everybody else standing around in the churchyard out there in the bazaar and not doing anything. Why do you think you swear an oath of truth when you, when you put your hand on this Bible? Why do you swear that oath? Because every word in this book right here, if one word was a lie, then it's all a lie. But every word of it's the truth. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.